0: We live in a weird world, amen? It's just a a strange place, and it seems like uh, the longer we're here, the the stranger that it gets. And there's a lot of, of values, you know, that God had instituted kind of from the beginning that it just seems like we get further and further away from until things just kind of begin to see like a whole new weird normal for the, for the world. I, I, read a, I read a story in the news a few years ago that just, just blew me away. Um, it was a story of a, of, a, of a woman, a 20-year-old down in Florida who was out walking one night, three in the morning. She's out walking around for whatever reason. She's walking around. And um, she is accosted by her ex-boyfriend and uh, they get in an argument. He's on a bicycle and they get into this argument and he reaches up and he grabs her hair and she has this wig that is woven into her hair and he pulls it out of her hair and uh, snatches it and thinks it's funny and so he takes off on the bike. And uh, the police, she calls the police and said, my Ex-boyfriend just assaulted me and stole my wig. It's worth a few hundred dollars, blah, blah, blah. So the police show up. And so they're interviewing this gal and they're talking to her. And uh, they said, well, who, who, do you know this guy? And she said, yes, he's my ex-boyfriend. We lived together for eight months. And they said, well, what's his name? She said, well, I only know his first name. Let that sink in for a second. I lived with this guy for eight months and I only know his first name. If there is a a value that we have moved from in our culture and it shows up in a hundred different ways, it's the idea of commitment. Um, from, From the very beginning when God created mankind, there was an understanding that the only way life works well is when people are committed to one another and in our relationships with God that we are committed to him like he is committed to us. Does that make sense to you? And so when when we talk about the cross, and we talk about what are some of the words that really define the truth of the cross and what the cross is all about, one of those words that I want to camp on today is this word commitment. Now, is there any doubt in your mind that God is committed to you? I mean, the cross showed that God was all in. He did not withhold his only son. He did not spare his own life He died in our place, and that expression was God saying, you are worth everything to me. So God steps up to the plate and says, I am all in for you. Here's the question. Are you all in for me? Now, that's a part, if we're honest, that's a part, quite frankly, I think a lot of us really struggle with. Because we love the idea of God being fully committed to us, I'm not sure that we're as in tune with what it means to be fully committed to God. But here's the deal. That is what God requires of us. I want you to take your sermon outline out. You can track along with me or we'll throw it up on the screen for you if you want to watch. I want want to look at a passage of scripture that makes us feel a little uncomfortable because we, we, you know, let's come on, it's, it's us. We, we like we like Jesus when he's being nice, you know. We, we like Jesus when he talks about how much he loves us and how much he's all for us. And we like all of those things. But when Jesus starts having hard conversations with us, if we're honest, it kind of makes us a little uncomfortable. But this is one of those passages where Jesus just lays the cards on the table and says, you know, quite frankly, I expect you to be as committed to me as I am to you. And here's what he says, if you want to follow along to Matthew chapter 10. Here's what Jesus said. He says, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, what's gonna happen? You'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, what'll happen? You'll find it. God wants us to be committed. Now, let let me give you real quick, what is commitment? Well, let me, first of all, just tell you what it's not. Uh, Commitment is more than believing in God. Um, You know, most of the time when I meet people for the first time out in the the community, I don't volunteer the fact that I'm a pastor because the moment I tell them I'm a pastor, they start going, what did I say? So I just say, I'm Steve. And uh, it's so interesting that when people do find out I'm a pastor, it's interesting how many people will say, oh, you're a pastor. That's really cool. You know, that's really cool. That's really a good thing. I, be- I believe in God. What does that mean? You believe there is a God. You hope there is a God. You know, you think there might be a God out there, but, but, but believing that there's a God is, is not enough. I, I love what James says in his epistle. James says, you say you believe in God? you do well. Even the demons believe. There is no greater believer in God than the devil himself. (laughs) He believes there's a God, but believing, that's not commitment. Um, Commitment is more than knowledge about God. You know, sometimes when we think of this idea of what it really means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, people say, well, Pastor Steve, I grew up in the church. I, you know, man, I've read the Bible through and I've been in Sunday school classes all my life. And that's, Again, that's really, really good. But being religious is different than being godly. And being religious is different than being committed. In fact, you, you, you want stuff, some stuff that'll just blow your hair back a little bit about that. Go back and read the gospels again and look at who Jesus had the hardest time with when he walked here on earth. Guess what? It was religious people. The religious leaders where were they knew everything about God, they just didn't know God. Can I give you another one? Commitment is more than good intentions about God good intentions. back. Come on. It's, it, it, again, it's just us. It's, we're just being honest today. For some of us, we know there's a God. We know the Bible's true. And we know that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And quite frankly, we know we ought not be living the way we're living. We know that. And in our heart of hearts, we go, you know, one day I'm going to get my act together. You know, one day I'm, I'm going to, I've got all of these wonderful intentions and somehow that makes us feel secure. One day, you know, I'm going to do this. I, had, I came from a long line of alcoholics, man. Uh, my grandfather used to run moonshine down in Tennessee back back in the day. So my uncles, they ran moonshine with him and they all drank and caroused. And they just had this crazy life. And I can still remember some of my uncles telling my grandmother out there on Sundays at her house, I can still remember my grandmother my uncle saying to them, you're going to see us in church one day. One day, Grandma, one day, Mom, we're going to be there right beside you. Guess what? They never made it. There's an old saying, many of you heard this growing up: the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions is not the same thing as commitment. We say, well, Pastor Steve, then what, what really is commitment? Well, let me let me put it this way: I put this on your outline. Commitment is dedicating ourselves to God in the same fullness of how He dedicated himself to us. That's commitment. Commitment is us dedicating ourselves to God with the same fullness that he dedicated himself to us. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Down at the core, what do we need to do? Jesus said, man, it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know why? Because that's how God loves us. I want to give you an, an analogy today because I, I think it's the best analogy I can give you and it's one that comes from, from scripture. When we talk about what does it mean to be committed to God, it's like being married. Now, I know people going, oh, marriage. Oh, no, 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 you no. Know, no, all, all the young people are going, oh, no, I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, lock the doors back here. We're going to hold this In a minute. In, in, in recent, how, many of you, how many of you have been or are married right now? Okay, you're going to get this. Because when you get married, you, you take this step, and you remember, you stand in front of a group of people, it's a public thing that you do, and you say, say words like, I take you to be my wedded husband or my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, you remember this, for better or for? For richer or for? In sickness and in? Health. Till? Death. Now the young people are going, now I'm really out, man. I'm really, I'm really out on that. But, but that's, that's the kind of commitment that we're asked to make when we get married. And it's the same thing that God is asking of us. It's so interesting as you track through Scripture how often God compares his relationship to us as a bride and a groom. The church is called the bride of Christ. That one day, as our groom, he will come back for his bride. That's how that reference is made. And so when a bride and groom make this commitment, it's two people making a 100% commitment, not two people each committing 50%. Does that make sense to you? And that's what God is asking from us. But as I process this, you'll get this. I put this on your outline. Many people, or maybe even most people, don't really want to marry God. They just want to date him. They just want to date him. In other words, we want God close enough that we're going to believe that he's there if I need him. We want want God close enough that I can feel pretty good about myself. We want God near enough that, you know, if I'm in a crisis or if I have a health issue or or, or if my finances, I want to be able able to talk to him and know that I I want him close. I need a date for Friday night, you know, when that date comes. But I don't really want to marry him. I I don't know that I really want this every day, 24 hour a day commitment that God asks of me. Look at me. But that is what he asks of you. He wants you to be as committed to him as he is to you. Amen. Now, let's unpack that a little bit. So, Pastor Steve, what does that commitment look like? Let me give you a few thoughts. Commitment fights through discouragement. Commitment fights through discouragement. Now, why this is so important Is that there are many people when they make a commitment to Christ and invite God into their life, they're under this false impression that suddenly everything in their life is going to go well. You know that that you know now that I love Jesus and I've confessed my sins, you know God's going to bless me. I'm going to have a great car, going to have a great home, going to have a great job. I'm never going to get sick again. All everything's going to go right, and I, I have no idea where that comes from. But that's not biblical. In fact, Jesus was really candid in in John 16, 33. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, trials. How many of you have found that to be true? In this world, you will have, he said, but but, 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 take heart, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. How many of you discovered that setbacks and discouragement and hard times were a part of being married? Yeah. How many of you, are still going through them? Yeah. 40 some years later, doesn't it end? No, in this life, it doesn't end. And I know. I guess I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I don't. Know that. Yeah, because that's how they. But commitment sticks even when things get hard. Jesus was telling the story. You know, he gave this parable in Matthew 13. Where he talks about a guy, a farmer planting seeds, and why do some seed grow and others don't? And he says the seed on the rocky soil. He said that represents those who hear the message and they receive it with joy. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. I want to have my sins forgiven. I, I, I want to feel good about myself. But since they don't have deep roots and never go, doesn't go any further. They don't last long. Let's read that last sentence out loud with me. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. In other words, when the going gets tough, they're out. They're out. I had a a really wild experience um, last week. Um, A week ago, Friday, I had a neighbor uh, who called me and said, uh, he said, Steve. He said, I don't know if you heard, uh, but Linda, Dan, if you know Dan and Linda, they live on the corner. He said, Linda oh. died during the night last night, and he said, Dan is just brokenhearted, married thirty-seven years, having a really hard time. And he said, I don't know if you know them, and I said, No, I, I don't know them. I've never met them. I've seen them out in their yard, but you know, I, I've never really had a chance to visit with them. And he said, Well, I just wanted to let some of the neighbors know because you know, Dan's going to have a hard time and maybe we can just love on him a little bit and pray for him. And that. I said, yeah, we're in and anything we can do to help, please let us know. And, and uh, so I came, I, I told Wanda about it. And the next day on Saturday, um, I was coming back from the Y and Wanda called me and said, hey, why don't you stop and pick up a gift card for uh, Dan and uh, I'll put, a sim- put it in a sympathy card and we can drop it off. And I said, that's a great idea. So I did, stopped at Walgreens, got that, came home and, um, she had, was getting a card out. We were going to get all that together. Well, you know, another day goes by. Now it's last Sunday. And after church, we were working here at the church. And then we went to the Thunder Game. And so we came home from the Thunder Game. And, and I'm, I'm really hungry. So I put some soup in the microwave. And Wanda comes in with the sympathy card with that gift card in it. And she said, hey, when you get a chance sometime, why don't you just uh, put this in Dan's mailbox so we can get it? And so I said, you know, I'd really like to meet him and just offer those condolences personally. So I'll tell you what, I'm going. I'm just gonna run across the street and give it to him. So I did. Ran over, rang the doorbell. Dan comes to the door. And I I said, Dan, my name's Steve Childs. I live across the street and a few doors down. And I said, man, I am so sorry. I said, I heard, uh, we heard that Linda passed Friday night. And uh, man, our hearts are broken for you. I know this has gotta be devastating. And we just wanted you to know, man, we're, we're here. Uh, we're praying for you. Uh, here's a card. It's got a gift card in it so you can get you a few meals during this time and hopefully make this just a little bit easier. But uh, man, if you need anything, we're here. And I said, Dan, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And so, you know, if you need someone to talk to, I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to listen uh, or anything I can do. And his eyes got about this big. And he said, I knew there was a pastor in our neighborhood. And I said, well, that, that would be me. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, he goes, you know, I need someone to do my wife's funeral. Would you do that for me? And I said, well, Dan, when is her funeral? And he said, Thursday morning. And I pulled my phone out, looked at my calendar, and I said, you know what? I'm free that day. I'll do that for you, Dan. And he started crying. And he just said, oh. He said, I'm so excited. And he said, can we visit together? And I said, well, let, let, if you've got time, let's visit right now. And I came in, and we sat on the couch. And he said, I, I'm so grateful. He said, you know, the, the funeral home in Norman said that they would find a clergyman for me to, to do a service. But I really wanted someone who would know Linda. And I said, he said, I know you don't know me or her, but let, let's just... Let's just spend some time. And we spent about close to an hour and a half, I think, him just telling me about how they met and their life together and this wonderful woman that she was. And I'm taking notes and, and, and we're talking about four different times during that conversation. Dan looked at me and he said... I was in such turmoil about what I was gonna do. He said, I can't, I can't believe you just showed up at my door. I can't believe you just showed up at my door. And, and uh, over and over again, so we got to the end and I said, well, Dan, I, got, I think I got what I need. I'll touch base with you, I'll check back in. And we walked out, he walked me out front and we're standing out in front of his house and he touched my arm and I turned around and he, he just said, you will never know what a weight has been lifted from my chest. He goes, I, 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 I wanted someone who I felt like would really honor Linda to do this. And he said, I know you will. And he said, I can't tell you what you've done for me. And he started crying again. He said, I just can't believe God brought you to my front door. And we hugged and we're standing, you guys know me, and we're standing in the front yard sobbing, you know. And uh, you know, and. Uh, and when I went back and, and when I started processing it here's here's what hit me is the fact that here's a guy he just lost his wife. I mean this is like the worst moment in his life if if anyone Would have, you know, could have or should have maybe turned away from God and said, God, I can't believe you let this happen to me. You know, I can't believe with everything else in life that you did this to me, you know, it it would have been him. But this is so cool. Here's a guy. I I don't think Dan is a is a deep-seated believer. I think he believes in God. I don't know how much of a relationship he really has. But instead of running away from God in his discouragement, he saw God showing up in these little cracks of life. And it was leaning into God in his discouragement that helped him hang on. Does this make sense to you? In this world, you are gonna have troubles. Hold on to God, don't run from him. That's what commitment does, amen, amen. And the second thought is, is connected to that and that is commitment clings to Jesus in times of doubt, in times of doubt. Come on, it's, again, it's just us. How many of you be honest to admit publicly that there have been times in this journey through life that you've had doubts whether God is even real? Yeah, most of us have, at least somewhere along the way, or doubts that God really loves us, or doubt that God really gets involved. We, we, go, we go through all of that. And commitment is I hold on to God even when the doubts are rattling around in my brain. You know, I love, of, of all the characters in Scripture, I think one of, the, one of the guys that really personifies this is Job. I mean, if you read the story of Job, you find out here's, here's a guy, he lost everything, man. I mean, he lost his kids, he lost his home, he lost his livestock, uh, he starts getting sick, he gets boils from head to foot. I mean, he's, he, this guy is in utter misery. He's so bad off, his wife, who had the gift of discouragement, comes up to him and says, why don't you curse God and die? I think she had an insurance policy. I I think that's what was going on. Why don't you just curse God and die? And here's what Job says. I love this on your outline. read, Read this with me, Job 13, 15. Read what it says. He says, "'Even though he would kill me, yet I will trust in him.'" Job's holding on to God. He says, Lord, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why life is falling apart. I don't know why it feels like you've turned your back on me. But I'm going to hold on to you even if you take my life. That, ladies and gentlemen, is commitment. That's faith. Habakkuk first. Chapter Habakkuk in the first few verses, Habakkuk's going through some of that same stuff. He, he looks around and he goes, God, this world's a mess. There are crazy people everywhere. Everywhere I turn, bad guys are winning, good guys are losing, violence, I don't understand it. And here's what God says. Look around the nations, look and be amazed. Read it with me. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. In other words, sometimes in those times of doubt, we're doubting because we can't figure, up, figure out what God's up to. Look at me, it's just a suggestion, but I'm gonna suggest that God is a little bit smarter than you. And when we're in doubt, it's because his ways aren't always our ways. Look at me, but you can trust his heart even when you don't understand what he's up to. Amen? And that's commitment. Commitment chooses Jesus above all others. Commitment chooses Jesus above all others. In Luke 14, he says it a, different, a little bit the same way that he said it in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus says, if anyone comes to me, but loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers or sisters more than he loves me, he cannot be my follower. A person must love me, how? More than he loves even himself. Now, here's, here's what I wanna I want to say to you. It, it, when, when you're, again, oftentimes in a wedding, you, you will hear this statement made of, you know, preferring her or him above all others preferring this person above all others in other words when you make this kind of commitment you're saying above all other human beings this person is going to be my highest priority when we make that commitment to God it's this commitment is above all others now this is really important because along the way there are going to be people that we get into romantic interest with and they're not going to share this faith that we believe And sometimes in this struggle, you're gonna feel yourself at times maybe wanting to pull away a bit from God so you can lean into this person. That's putting them above God. There are other times in this faith, if we're honest, other times in this journey that there are people that we just like that group of people and we, wanna, we like to be around them. We wanna be accepted by them, but they really won't accept us fully if they know that we're fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And sometimes, if we're honest, we start giving up a little bit of our walk with God so that we can belong to them. Jesus says, above all Others. God is all in. We should be all in. Amen. Let me give you one more. We don't really talk about this a lot. But commitment also seeks growth in Christ commitment also seeks growth in Christ. Now, when I thought about this, I was thinking about what kinds of commitment that it takes. And I, and I thought about the fact that so many of us, when we think about what does it mean to be a Christian, we think of you know saying a prayer with someone or going to altar. Or do, and we think of these moments. We had this moment, kind of like a wedding. We have this moment. But the wedding, the wedding is just the beginning. I mean, some of you are are, are, are like me, you can remember back, remember back when music was good you, you remember that back when music was really good you, you remember the carpenters you remember that, and we 've only just begun, yeah, you remember that I mean everybody had that in their wedding back in the day why because it was a song about the fact that we 're taking this step, but it 's just one step how many of you How many of you discovered there was a whole lot you didn 't know when you got married, yeah, how many of you it might have changed your mind had you known, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you take this step. All you know is how I love this person so much and I want to be with them 24-7. I can't get enough of them. And then, about a week later, you're going, when can I get away from this person? How can I get, you know, and they get into your life and it's all this mess. And you got to learn how to live together and love together and share together. And here's the really sad part. Some of us spend a lot of time courting and then we get married and then we just stop. And we're under the same roof, but we're no longer pursuing each other with the same heart and passion that we pursued each other before and there are, are sometimes in our in our journey of faith uh, times where we you know we make this commitment and we make this commitment to God, and we're so excited because we feel His grace and we feel his mercy, and we take we take that step, but then we stop and we forget there's a whole lifetime of growing that needs to happen, yeah. Jeremiah 29, 13, it's my life verse. Read it out loud with me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Here's what Peter said. Peter said, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people who are all around you and lose your own secure footing. Read it with me. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Steve, what does commitment involve? It involves a few things. It involves repentance. Repentance is saying, I'm turning away from this life that I've lived. I've done this on my own. I'm done with that life. I'm done how I lived there. And it's the literally turning away, the changing of our mind or the changing of our direction. It's also receiving. It's that receiving of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, believing that he died for me, inviting his Holy Spirit to live in me. It's the repenting, then it's the receiving, but there's a whole other piece to this. It's the following. It's the growing. It's the constantly pursuing and seeking him all the days of our life, and I guarantee you, all the days of your life, you will still never come to know all there is to know about our God. Amen. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That lady is, um, that young lady there is uh, Mary Hannaby. Mary uh, lives in England. And uh, several years back, um, uh, she bought herself one of those metal detectors and uh, she decided that she wanted to just kind of as a hobby go out and try to find stuff you know every week and so every sunday afternoon uh, her and her son would go out and they would scour different places with this metal detector you know finding odds and ends and you know, people you know people who knew her thought she was crazy cuz she really got obsessed with it she was going like 6 hours every sunday afternoon you know doing that she did that for 7 years Seven years out there, you know, not really finding much of anything. Then one day, she, her, her metal decker, beep, 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 beep. So she stops and she gets her little shovel and she starts digging down. And her, her son pulls this up and they dust it off and just throw that picture up. And then she pulls up this metal thing. And when she brushes it off, she realizes this is gold. And it was this gold pendant that she found. And she got it kind of cleaned up and she took it to a guy who knew about artifacts and all that kind of stuff. And he he recognized it and he said it was from the 15th century. And this little gold pendant was worth half a million dollars. She scanned for seven years, six hours every week, one day, baby, she struck gold. Now, here's what I want you to say. Here, here's what I want you to get. You know, when we talk about this relationship with God and this journey, we we talk about digging into His Word and scouring His Word and looking to see what God might want to say. We we talk about leaning into Him through prayer and not only bearing our heart but listening to what His Holy Spirit might want to say to us. We we talk about getting involved in a in a small group or a class and sitting in places where where we can learn and we can grow in our faith. And and I know it's I, I know we're asking you to to take that that spirit detector you know and kind of and kind of begin to scour. But here's what I'm going to promise you. If you will begin to seek God with all of your heart, baby, you're going to strike gold along the way because God is going to reveal some things to you that are things that you are going to need to know on your journey through life. God is going to show you some things that you're going to be there exactly when you need them. Look at me, but you won't find them if you don't go look for them. He calls us to grow. Amen. I'm going to invite my prayer partners to go ahead and come to the front. And in a moment, Rachel's going to lead us in, honestly, what's probably my favorite chorus. Um, it's a chorus that says, Draw me close to you. Never let me go, God. And, and that last part, where it says, You're all I want. You are all I need. It's a beautiful chorus of of both surrender and commitment to God. And and today, I I just want to encourage you to to make this song your prayer. Come on, it's just us, gang. Some of us have lived half-heartedly with God long enough uh, we've, we've had one foot in the world and one foot in the spirit world and we're not really sure who we are. Today, can, can we just do what Christ asks us to do? And that is to be as fully committed to him as he is to us. I'm not gonna tell you that if you do this, everything in your life's gonna go right because it's not. But I am gonna promise you this. You'll have a friend that's right there with you in all that you go through every single step of the way. So while we sing this song, I wanna invite you to to that commitment. Some of you may have some things going on in your life that you would like someone to pray with you about. And that's why our prayer partners are up here to front. It doesn't have to be anything related to the message today. Could be some stuff you're going through at work. Could be something that you're facing that's ahead. Could be a, a health issue that you want someone to pray. It doesn't really matter. These prayer partners are here to pray for you and anything going on in your world. So while we sing this song, if you'd like someone to pray with you, please feel free. Slip out and come. They'd be happy to do that. Make this song your prayer as we sing it together. Lord, every once in a while when we see a picture or, or a cross uh, that someone has that has you still on it, we're, we're, we're reminded of the unbelievable commitment that you made to us. You did not come from heaven to earth to be with us in good times only. You you went all in. You didn't withhold even your only son. And today, as we stand in this place before you, Father, I pray that you would help us to commit ourselves to you with the same fullness of life that you've committed yourself to us. Lord, sometimes people get just enough religion to make themselves miserable. They're not really of the world. They're not really of you. And we try to dance on that fence in between. But Father, you say, love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength love me like I love you well today Lord that's our commitment to you we know this is a lifelong journey we know there's much to learn and there's much to grow and much ahead of us For Father we today take this one step forward and we pray that as you reveal yourself that we will continue to grow into the fullness of who you are Father, thank you. We can only love you today because you chose to first love us. We receive that love, and we return it. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen.